back. Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC. We're bringing a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a bit of a casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, Associate Editor at KCSoccerJournal.com. I'm going to try to take you more in-depth. I think I'm going to win this week. We'll see how it goes. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the cerebral assassin, Sheena Smith, who gives the more casual perspective. Sheena, I gave you a wrestling nickname because all the Kansas City teams won this weekend, even though one of them didn't play. Cool. Your energy levels are through the roof. All right, this is going to go great. <laughs> on today's show, we're going to talk about a Kansas City current win. Vlatko Andonovsky is out as the coach of the U.S. Women's National Team. A little bit of a weird, silly fine situation by the NWSL against the current. Uh, the World Cup, the League's Cup, we got a little bit of a mini mailbag again. And, of course, the digital crawl, y'all. But, Sheena, we're known to start off with some nonsense. What nonsense do you have for the listeners? Y'all, it's so effing hot out. I have to use inappropriate letters because I'm so miserable. Oh, yeah, quote Dane Cook, such harsh letters there. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Do you but... remember that? No, that was a long no. time ago when he was a popular comedian. <laughs> oh, I used to love his comedy. But anyways, yeah, it's hot. It's very Arizona-like outside. And all it's really done is... Uh, reminded me how much I hate the heat. I My summer headaches are back, which is something I had every summer in Arizona. And Stay hydrated, Sheena. You're dehydrated. I've been drinking all day, except for when I napped. I'm, I take naps now because I have headaches and I'm exhausted. We were at our kiddos soccer game earlier today and then we went back to school shopping and it was miserable and it was hot but because yeah, we went to an outdoor mall like what were well, we thinking we were the games were over by legends so i was like yeah what, why why are there outdoor malls like arizona was full of outdoor malls and it made no sense to me because it's 115 degrees and why would you want to walk from store to store and then Kansas City, like, when is it nice enough to have an outdoor mall? Like, I'm spring and like, fall. it's fine a lot of the times, but yeah, spring and fall, which are the shortest two seasons, winter and summer are the longest two seasons, in my opinion. I don't know. The other thing is that we just got a new foster dog, and this is such an unfortunate situation. This dog is one of 40 dogs that were in a hoarding situation, and Yesterday, when they picked the dog or they took the dog out of the home, it was the first time the dog had ever seen the outdoors. So this dog, unfortunately, loves the outdoors, which is understandable, but she wants to be outside all the time. And so I'm spending even more time outside than I typically would. And so I think my only regret is getting a dog, a new foster pup when it's a million degrees outside. I really didn't think about the fact I would have to be outside with the dog because the dog is too small to be out there alone because she can fit through our fence. But and there's wolves yeah. and coyotes and whatever, wolves, raccoons. Wolves? There's yeah, that coyotes. Seems right. that seems... No, yeah, coyotes. There could, be, there could be wolves. You don't know. There's, there's not, but... Yeah, and I spent all last night bathing her. She unfortunately came with a million fleas, and they gave something that killed it, but had to wash her three times and comb her for two hours straight. She's a really sweet dog, considering she was in that unfortunate situation. She loves people. I think she's just over being around so many dogs. She's not really interested in our dogs, so... It's the per the reason we foster is for our puppy to have a friend to play with. We call her a therapy dog for other dogs. And so I thought this would be a good situation, but she's not interested. She just wants to be an only dog right now. 
which I guess when you yeah, have 39 well, other dogs exactly. with you, I get it. 39 <laughs> brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, whatever. There was a bunch of weird inbreeding situations going on in that yeah. house. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for a cute little foo-foo dog, at some point she'll be available for adoption. What type of dog is she? I don't I don't know her breed. I don't know that I know how to say it right because I'm not super familiar with it, but Papillon or is how I would say it. Sounds so, good to me. So yeah. if you need little a little Ahsoka Tana, we named her that in honor of Ahsoka coming out this week on Disney Plus. If you're a Star Wars nerd like me, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, not me, but I know our kiddo is. Yep, that's her favorite character. All right, y'all, let's talk some soccer. So <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the KC Current game. Big win over OL Reign. Uh, this is going to be probably a quick one because somebody was watching the Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County and not watching the current game while I was at the game. Uh, okay, <laughs> but in my defense, I was going to watch the game I had anticipated watching the game i couldn't i was cooking dinner when the game started and i couldn't find the paramount app on our upstairs tv which is a first world problem and so i was like oh well i'll just start the real housewives i'm behind on the oc and so i was like i'll just start it and then when my dinner's done i'll move down stairs where i know how to find paramount on our tv and then, of course, I got sucked in. I mean, so I had every intention of watching it. This is my casualness. And then I feel extra bad because Chad always hates when other podcasts, like people haven't watched the game. And so uh, that's me. But I, okay, know, so we'll I know some of the highlights because you weren't picking up my calls after the game. So I saw some of the stuff. I watched some highlights and stuff. Uh, I'd like to blame my colleague Thad Bell for me not picking up <laughs> phone calls because one, I was talking to Thad, and then second, when I'm recording the post game press conference, if I put my, I put my phone up on the the stand where the coach and the players are and whatnot, he'll call it if I don't put it on silent or not on vibrate. So like it's l straight silent, silent, no vibrate at all because it would shake on the desk. So when you think about it, it's kind of Thad's fault. I mean, it, well, it's definitely my it's definitely my fault. Because I could have turned it back off afterwards, but I forgot. So the positive you know, is that I, I now have Life 360 on your phone, and I can track, track you me. at any <laughs> any time. I can see how fast you're going, how long it takes you to go places. So I didn't want to be that person, but I feel a lot better knowing I can track you. Uh, yep, I can't get up to all the shenanigans I was getting up to oh, before, yeah, which is sure. literally nothing. I'm almost always here if I'm not at soccer. That's so. a, yeah, my friends always talk about it. And I was like, well, we're together like 90% of the time. But that 10%, I get paranoid. And right, clearly well, we, when I'm not there, you don't care. You're not worried. I call you. I think about it. I'm like, gosh, it, it's been many hours. What the heck happened to Sheena? <laughs> Eventually, Anyways. I think about it. Okay, we said we we're going to talk soccer, then we did more nonsense. Okay, so we're going to make this not very long. So I'll kind of hit the high points for y'all from the game and give you some observations from uh, the post-game presser. So Dabinia was back in the starting lineup. She returned after her World Cup flop, unfortunately, for Brazil. They didn't make it out of the group stage. Slightly worse than the U.S. Uh, Haley Mace also returned to the starting lineup, and she she played on the wing. Uh, well, 
she kind of played on the wing. She, you didn't watch this, but it was an interesting formation. She was playing, she was kind of playing center forward at the beginning of the game, but her, Kristen Hamilton and Michelle Cooper were playing kind of the three forward spots and they were just rotating. I think they all played in every spot. Maybe Cooper didn't play on the left wing. That's just one thing, but Hamilton all played all three spots. Mace was in all three spots. So it was dynamic. Speaking of asking the coach, we talked to Caroline Huerbloom about it and she said we wanted to keep the other uh, team kind of like on their heels like they didn't know which players coming at them and all three of those players play so differently like Cooper's pretty fast but she's really physical Mace is very fast Hamilton's like fast but can hold the ball up well and she kind of brings a different style so uh, I I thought it was interesting it didn't like crush the other team the OL rain didn't have a ton of trouble dealing with it I didn't think because the goal wasn't scored until the sub was made but Casey were on the front foot most of the time I kind of wonder did they unsettle their own players in the process of moving them around because they couldn't get good at being in one spot. But speaking of subs, CeCe Kaiser subbed into the game. We're calling her Cash Money Kaiser. Now that's what her nephew calls her, apparently. And she subbed in for Kristen Hamilton, scored the one and only goal in the game off of a beautiful cross from Izzy Rodriguez, who was playing left back since Mace was in at forward. Um, They... It was just beautifully done. After the goal, she she starts celebrating by like rubbing her fingers together, like the money sign, like, like show me the money or whatever it is. And then she did some other celebration and then another celebration. I asked her about it after the game and she said, oh, I did so many celebrations. I don't know what I was doing. But she did say it was inspired, one, by her nephew or whomever calling her Cash Money Kaiser. And then I think he's like a little kid. It sounded like she promised she'd do it for him. And then also she watched the Johnny Manziel documentary and he was Johnny Football and he would always do that money thing. Do you remember Johnny Manziel at all, Sheena? That was still when you were watching the NFL. Like I remember his name, but uh, did he play on the Browns? Like I don't know. Yeah. He was a first round draft pick from the Browns. I think like they thought they were going to pick him really high or he thought he was going to get picked really high. And then they traded back into the draft. And, you know, the Browns were one of the worst run franchises in the NFL. And he he was a flop there. He was a flop in the CFL. He bounced all over the place. I think mm-hmm. it had a lot to do with him, probably a little to do with the Browns as well, being a, a badly run organization. But I heard the documentary actually wasn't very good. So if any of you listened or listened to watch the documentary on Netflix and you would disagree and say it was good. Let me know. I heard it leaves out like a ton of stuff and it just kind of only focuses on one little sliver. Like it misses his whole career or like the wild. So wasn't he kind of wild, like drinking? Yeah, and- I think he was kind of a partier. And yeah. like, you know, he obviously had a pretty good collegiate career, but it, they were saying how it didn't really talk about all the good players around him that may have been kind of making him better. And then it kind of mm-hmm. stopped right after his NFL career, which is interesting because he's you know, like went on to play in all these other leagues and whatnot. It was he on the Browns the same time as that um, offensive guy that was getting, I don't know, when we were in New Zealand, we listened about some guy who was getting offensive guy, as in he's offensive or the offensive lineman that was going into the Hall of Fame, Joe Thomas. Yeah. Was were they because he played for the Browns, too, right? Yes, and their careers would have overlapped, uh, I believe, at least a little bit. So, yeah, uh, I made Sheena because she made me drive all over New Zealand. And, you know, she wouldn't, didn't want to drive on the left-hand side of the road. And I made her listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of them was the ESPN Daily Joe Thomas podcast, which was pretty good, pretty fascinating listen. Interesting dude, for sure. Yeah, I think they said he had like 13 different quarterbacks. 
Oh, in that his might be career, low. that feels really low. Honestly, um, like the Browns have had so many quarterbacks. Well, remember they were talking about in one season. We're so off the rails. In one season, they had four different quarterbacks. So that's right. Anyways. Like the la- the fourth string didn't they meet like on like before the snap or something? He, he introduced him into him in the huddle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe Thomas. I'm your left tackle. Yeah, it's a good uh-huh. story. Go check it out. ESPN Daily. All right. So soccer, soccer. We're gonna talk a little Sorry. soccer here. Um, so the current get ahead one nothing. Then oh, it looked a little bad because Michelle Cooper just two-handed shoved Jordan Heidema, the striker for the OL range. She subbed on. She's Canadian striker in the box. And VAR came in, gave the penalty. Uh, after the shove happened and during the horrifically long review that NWSL is just known for their beautiful handling of VAR. That was sarcasm. It wasn't obvious. Um, Something happened and I wasn't looking and AD French and Quinn got into it. I was trying to make like a video of the shove because people were like, why is because there was such a long delay and there was no indication as to why there was a delay and it was because of the potential penalty. So I was making a gif of, of the shove and then they get yellows for some sort of shenanigans that are going on, a little shoving, I think, going on between Quinn and French. But after that, they eventually come, they give the penalty. Heidema is taking the penalty, and it's she's holding the ball forever. And then AD French makes a massive, massive save. And I have to tell you, Sheena, I have never heard Children's Mercy Park be as loud as it was in that moment. It was an attendance record. There were over 13,000 fans in there. But, you know, over 20,000 fans have been there for sporting games. And I don't know if it was because it was a heavier, like, female audience and, like, kid audience. And the the voices might have been higher. But both myself and Daniel Sperry, who I was sitting next to in the press box, were, like, looking at each other like, my God, that was so loud. It was, like, really – well – it was so loud that after the game, it got to like 117 decibels or something crazy, which I don't know what that means. But um, it's only 20 decibels quieter than Arrowhead hits with the Kansas City Chiefs, which is known to be one of the loudest stadiums in the world, where they put far, far, far more people than 13,000 in there to make all that noise. So I thought that was pretty dang impressive that it got so loud. You're saying that game was louder than when you went to the Open Cup? We're sporting one. Wouldn't that have it been was, a pretty loud you thought experience? It been loud. I, maybe I was just like I blacked out or I was in the moment or that was so many years ago. It was 2017 when they last won the Open Cup that maybe it wasn't as exciting. You know, Open Cup games, they're midweek games. I'm sure that game was a sellout. That was back when sporting were selling out all their games. But it, I don't know if it's just because of where I was sitting, right? Like in the press box, you're up so high and then you have that roof right above you. So the sound might be kind of like echoing off of it versus in the open cup game i was in the crowd so and i was mm-hmm. in like the 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 middle of the field basically like the right at the, the halfway line versus you know the the loudest ends tend to be behind both goals i think tend to be the loudest because that's where yeah. your supporter sections are and i'm right by the south stand and it, you know it's the kind of the family friendly area and it was loaded with people it was probably the full the fullest that's probably not the most full section in the stadium and yeah it was really loud i i was blown away i saw some jerkish comments online people saying that they've seen it louder when sporting won a throw in but i was like that is a terrible what? take because that's ridiculous yeah and sporting doesn't win throw-ins they throw the ball away all the time on throw-ins it's ridiculous maybe so, it's anyways. when they used to have a good throw-in like when matt Beasler would do their throw-ins oh, or... the long throw maybe that's yeah. what he was referring to this this guy well 
I will say that after the game, uh, my colleague Thad, who I mentioned earlier, who got me in trouble with you for keeping me late, <laughs> he asked AD about the save and said, did you know you were going to save it? And she asked, she said, did it look like I knew I was going to save it? And then she winks at that and says, I want you to go back and watch my face. So I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, uh, I wanted to say to Thad, and I completely forgot, does your wife know that these players are winking at you in the press <laughs> room? So it was pretty fun. We had the, the post-game press conference was actually like the i don't know if it's just the women or if they're just more casual or it's because there's two players up there at the same time kaiser and french were up there together they were laughing so much and having such a good time and we were laughing i was like oh if they could i mean if they could just win all their games it's so much more fun when they win <laughs> so i have a question for you i might did, have an answer for you did you go back and watch 80 french's face to see no that that would have made a better story if I did, though, right? Uh, yeah, this is kind of a letdown that you didn't. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not very good at life sometimes, Sheena. I, I think of stuff in the moment, like I didn't know I was going to tell you that story, and it just popped into my head as I was talking. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably go watch that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, okay. Well, maybe you could give us an update on social media once you watch it. Okay, speaking of social media, I did put the PK save on social media, so it would be pretty easy for someone to go back and watch it. So um, I recommend you all do that. Go follow me at Play for 90 As I'm looking at the replay, it just shows the PK. It doesn't show her face right before it. So mm -hmm. just kidding. That's not going to help you. You're going to have to go watch the broadcast. Get Paramount Plus, support the NWSL, and go look for AD's face. I'll go, I'll go see if I can track it down. Okay. All right. So overall, I would say the current were very dominant in this game. And honestly, it's a little bit of a bummer that they only had the one goal, right? Like they only get the one score. Dabinia, oh my gosh. And like, I don't know, the 88, 89th minute, something like that, right at the end of the game. She should have scored. She's one on one with the keeper and she missed the net. And that was that was pretty disappointing. Maybe she's still a little rusty coming back from the World Cup. But the last thing I kind of want to talk about from the current game before we transition to something very current related is... Huh. The video review process. I have complained about it all season. I am pro video review. I am pro instant replay. I'm pro getting these calls right. But it took, I think it legitimately took like four plus minutes for them to call the penalty. The ref went to the monitor, came away from the monitor to give Quinn and French cards. I thought, oh, she's just giving cards and then she's going to signal if it was a PK. No, then she went back to the monitor for a while to watch more. And then speaking of my Twitter, there's a, a little gif of a PK shout for the current. It's funny. Michelle Cooper's like on the ground, like ducking under a ball coming and it hits the center back for the oh rain her arm kind of flails back wildly which is like oh did it hit her arm and i don't think it did uh, i did have a few people reply to my tweets that one of them said that they they were sitting in the section right in front of that it looked like it hit her in the chest but that was probably a two minute replay and sheena if you had to guess i need to watch the game what yeah. do you think they showed during the video review instead of the replay of the actual thing that happened well, typically when we are in these reviews, they show the person like over their shoulder looking at the coverage or it's just like. So she hadn't even been called to the monitor yet. She's just standing out there. The ref was just standing out in the middle waiting. They're just like holding, waiting to play the restart because of the review. So what else could she, they have shown? This is a fun game, right? <laughs> uh, like the back of the ref. 
Yeah, basically, just a video <laughs> of the ref touching her ear, listening to the conversation. And I was like, Paramount, CBS, you are a massive company, one of the biggest media companies, at least in the United States, probably the freaking world. And you can't put a replay up. I can't tell you how many other sports, CBS in, in football, they have a they replay seconds, seconds after the play ends. And I'm like, what are they doing? Do they just, is it like one person running the production and they're just like scrambling, trying to get this thing running? Like, obviously it's not. There's probably many people involved and I probably have no idea how complicated it is, but it needs to be better. You, They did eventually show the replay, but it was one angle and it was just this like, like a boomerang, you know, boomerang, the like video app where you take a video and it just goes back and forth. It's like, whoop, whoop. that's a, this is bad visual for, so. the, for yeah. the audio medium. You know what I'm talking about? Like on Instagram, yeah. you can do a boomerang. It's just that of the ball I don't hitting think her you can anymore. Well, you used to be able to. I'm old. She, I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, and they just show this one like two second clip over and over and over. No other angles, just one angle. I'm like, you're telling me in that entire stadium, there was only one angle that caught this play. No one else was looking where the ball was. No other camera. It was terribly handled. That said, I don't think it's a PK based on the crappy one angle they showed us. They did not give a PK. And her arms by her side. It seems like it's in a natural position. I don't. I don't really have any problems with any of it. I just really wanted to complain about the production value. Once again, for it, Paramount freaking plus. Yeah, it is a missed opportunity that they can't seem to get that figured out. Hopefully, I hope that at the end of this season, they ask for viewer like feedback. I don't know why they would, but somebody... Oh, I'm sure we're going to get a survey, right? <laughs> I, that was a survey I would fill out if they'd actually send me one. I yeah, get a survey every feels... time I go to Wendy's or something. They're like, fill out this survey, but I won't get a survey from Paramount Plus, I'm sure. I don't think I told you. I got a survey from the Fiji Board of Tourism to fill so out. So did I. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know I we didn't both fill it got out. It. I just deleted it. <laughs> I, it's in my email. I have a lot of reviews. I want to be one of those people on Google who professionally reviews things. So. Well, what was it called? You were going to be a Google. Okay, y'all, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Sheena comes to me and she says, Chad, I'm a Google guide. I was like, anybody who writes a review is a Google guide. Like, she's all <laughs> proud of it. She's like announcing it to me. I was like, I'm a Google guide. I've written like three reviews over the last decade. And then they're always updating me on my Google guide points. And my photo got 5,000 views on Google or whatever. So. My review of the hotel we stayed in in Fiji, one of them has already had like 2,000 views or like the pictures have because I took such amazing pictures. Clearly. Yeah, so I need to get on that and write the rest of the reviews and help the Fiji Board of Tourism. In my head, I was like, maybe if I do this, they'll offer me a free trip. I don't know why they would do that. but Yeah, I mean, do what you got to do. Let's get some free <laughs> vacations out of this thing or free hotel stays. I don't yeah, know. Something. I don't know either. Anyway, a complimentary meal the next time we're there. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Some fresh uh, pineapple. So Ooh, oh gosh, that pineapple was delicious. All I right, know. so that's kind of everything I had for you on the current game. Not a whole lot. Just wanted to give you all a little bit of the stories. Actually, you know, one other quick story I'll tell is in the postgame presser. So we asked CC, like, hey, how did it feel to, to score the goal? And it was really touching. And somebody asked me right before we started recording, I was checking Twitter to see what mailbag questions we had. And they were saying, how do I watch these press conferences? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I, as a media member, get emailed them if I don't go to them. And then, you know, obviously I'm there in person and then they're they're over Zoom whenever I, they're on the road. But 
Kaiser was, we asked her how she, you know, how she felt about it. And she, she actually started tearing up. It was really touching. And we're like, Oh no, what's happening? What, what, what's causing her to, to tear up here? And she was saying, y'all know sometimes in life, you just have a really hard week. And I just had a really hard week this week. And she's like wiping away tears. And then she said, she got told she wasn't going to start, which really was crushing for her to hear. But then what a redemption story, right? To come on, to score pretty quickly after she came on. And uh, Caroline, uh, she did say after the game, we asked her kind of like, hey, what was the, the logic of this, right? Kaiser is one of your leading scorers and she's not starting the game. And she said, we had a plan to put her on whenever we started to wear the rain down and run at their tired defense because CeCe's very fast. And it worked. She ran at them. It worked perfectly. So, um, but yeah. It was kind of a touching story. So if you don't ever get to see or hear that, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to be in the room. And then after that, it was all laughs and good times in the post game presser. Well, I'm glad she got right, the, the goal. I mean, that's awesome. Considering it's tough when you have those hard weeks, and then to have like another blow and not find out you're starting, I'm sure is hard to hear. There was one last thing I was gonna say, which is that I love first of all that. They broke the attendance record. I've been there all the other times they broke it. So I have a little FOMO that I wasn't there last night, but I know they're going to continue breaking it. So I'm sure I'll be there at some point. But I had a question for you, Chad. Well, I was going to say the one thing I love is that it really is starting to feel like the community is coming together to support Casey Current. I feel like I'm constantly like hearing about people going to the to a game for the first time one of my friends went to her first KC current and professional soccer um game and so it just feels like the community is rallying together like we do with sports in Kansas City but my question for you Chad is that right now they're building the new stadium and i think it's set at like 11,500 seats something like that do you Correct. think they have a little regret or feel like they might go in and add more seats if this continues to grow? Do you think they're going to end up having any regrets about not building more seats? Because I know it can extend. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so if you all remember back when the stadium was first announced, I think it was only announced at 10,000 seats. And then at some point they upgraded it to 11,500. And we actually got a listener question about that from Rial Azek. His uh, name is CJ on Twitter. Uh, at Rial Azek. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Rial. It just says real. Uh, but I'm saying Rial because of soccer. <laughs> oh, whoops. Anyways, he was, he was saying the same thing. He was wondering about that. What's going on? Are they going to have more? Because AD French actually asked a question saying they're going to have to add on like we we are filling this thing up we're already selling more tickets than that new one's going to hold i think maybe they'll i mean obviously this build is well into the process and they're opening that stadium next season so it's probably a little late my understanding is the stadium is expandable that they could potentially do construction and add more seats so Maybe they see how it goes for a while, see if the attendance stays high. You're going to be asking people to go watch games in a place they haven't gone before. I'm interested interested to see how the parking and whatnot plays out because there isn't a lot of parking in downtown area, at least not like really close to the stadium and the, the riverfront there. I forget what that area is called. Ugh, bad me. Berkeley Riverfront, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if that'll have a play on people. They're always talking about making stadiums more uh, friendly to public transit, but I drive my car everywhere and I definitely want to be able to park and not have to like ride over from too far away if I'm parking. So we'll see what, how that plays out. 
And I mean, a lot of people are coming from not the downtown area. Like there isn't public transportation to my knowledge from where we live to get downtown. Maybe there's a bus, but I'm not Yeah, I'm sure you can a get bus. on a bus up here, but yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna ride a bus. I think it'll probably be like a park and ride situation. Like you might park in designated public things. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people that live in the downtown area or adjacent can get on things like the streetcar and whatnot. But uh, yeah, from where we're at in the Northland, like, I don't, I mean, we don't have anything out here <laughs> that's yeah. going there besides maybe it, maybe a bus. So, and I it imagine be, that's a long bus ride. Yeah. It might be like the NFL experience. I remember when we were looking for parking for that, there was like designated parking garages. And then depending yep. on how close you got, like you might have to take the streetcar or a bus or something. So, yeah. So we'll see. They, I think they if they keep selling it out then... for that. Oh, I God, I hope so. So uh, yeah. if not, uh, hey, Casey Kern, if you're listening to this, please make a plan. The very <laughs> first Phoenix Rising game we ever went to, Sheena, do you remember this? It caused me an immense amount of anxiety. Oh, my gosh. We moved. got to the game so late. We missed the, like almost the first half because of parking. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to be there probably about an hour early, but it took an hour and 45 minutes to get into the parking lot. So we missed the – yeah, I think maybe we walked in with minutes to go in the first half. Best case, yeah. it was – brutal brutally handled so i'm hoping that uh the current have done a lot of planning and i won't be that situation we'll see if it is you'll lose some people that'll be like i'm never going back if you have a bad experience i mean you know so it'll drive some people away the more casual people of course yeah i think with us with phoenix rising well for one we had season tickets their first couple seasons because we were just excited to have soccer in our lives but um i was gonna say uh, ask you another question rather have they been selling like i know they broke thirteen thousand, whatever number it was on friday night are they consistently getting eleven thousand five hundred tickets sold at the last few games do you know i'm not sure if it's quite at that level but then it's been some kind of weird games challenge cup games where you don't have all your your full roster I, honestly it's kind of amazing the support that they're getting considering they've been a really bad team. <laughs> so yeah, they're, that they're, surprises they're, me know, too. Yeah, I mean, they were they were in dead last going into this game. I think this lifted them out of last place. Yeah, they're they're in 11th now. So they're actually tied with 10th with uh, with Angel City. They're just behind them on goal differential by, by three goals. And they, well, I don't know. This is weird. These standings are probably wrong because they have more wins than Angel City, which I think might be the first tiebreaker, but it might be goal differential. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Either way, uh, that actually is a really good transition point. I don't know what the attendance is on all these other games. I know it's been pretty stable uh and i imagine that that will you know keep being the case going forward but the the standings i wrote an article this week for kcsoccerjournal.com you should go check it out the current now down to six games to go in the season they're next to last they're not in last anymore so woo woo there you go and the the big thing going on here is that they absolutely must keep winning. They may need to win six of seven or now five of six because they, they won this one game. And it's possible they only need to win four of the next six and get a draw in there, too. That's about the pace to make the playoffs right now. If it was last year's pace, they would need to win uh, five out of six. So they got to keep being good. They only have two more home games, four games on the road. It's going to be tough. Uh, me talking allowed me to fill a little bit, and I did pull up the attendance for the National Women's Soccer League through last week. Uh, the current are averaging 10,491, so that's pretty good. 
they are their average last year was 76.59 so shout out to soccerstadiumdigest.com where i got that information actually follow them online they're a, they're a good read they got a lot of good stadium information as well as attendance and other metrics and numbers i love a good stadium like ranking i think we're talking about that in the digital crop but i love oh yeah we are no spoilers yeah. All right. Oh, so let's sorry. talk about something that is also kind of Casey current related. I think I brought this up before, but Vlatko Andonovsky, Kansas City native, former coach of FC Kansas City and the Kansas City Comets. He has resigned as the U.S. women's national team coach. Obviously, a pretty disappointing run for Vlatko. Uh, he coached the team through COVID. He uh, you know, at the Olympics, he, quote, failed and got third place bronze medal. And then obviously, I think it's pretty resounding failure to say when you got knocked out in the round of 16, the worst finish ever in U.S. women's national team history. But there are already reports out there that he has drawn interest from multiple teams at both the international and club levels. There are confirmed reports saying that it is the Kansas City Current are one of the teams that have been in contact with him. And the um, on the U.S. front, I will tell you, Twyla Kilgore, I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong. She's going to be the interim coach. She's going to take over while they start their search for their, their next permanent coach. I'm hopeful that they get a coach quickly because the Olympics are next year. And I feel like the U.S., well, when they win the World Cup, they always do kind of, well, not bad, but like they don't win the gold medal at the Olympics, I feel like they're going to want to redeem themselves next year. And it's going to be good to have a, a permanent coach in place to build towards that. But let's talk Vladko. What do you think, Sheena? Are you, we talked about this before. Do you think he should be the KC current coach? Are you excited? Are you down on him because of his, his tough world cup and women's national team performance? What do you think? No, I mean, he, I, I I'll take them. I don't care. Truthfully. I don't care who the next coach is as long as they care. have so what well, if they announce me, me about... as the coach? They're like, you know, Chad Smith, new coach, Casey Kern. He has awesome. no coaching experience. He's coached the U4s through U8s <laughs> in uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, rec team. They were, <laughs> you know, mediocre. They didn't win any titles or anything. <laughs> you got the care. Sportsman Award. So there's that. That's true. I did get that medal. That was a good That was a good one. Y'all, that was for being nice to referees, by the way. I know. You, you know, talked I, I, about I, it the last episode. Last episode. I'm going to talk about it as many episodes as I can. I don't, okay. I don't hate referees. I just think sometimes there's bad calls and we should be able to talk about them. Anyways. Anyways. He, well, I mean, it feels like this would make the most sense since he already lives here and he attends the games. I think I said this on Twitter, so I'm probably just repeating myself, but he already lives here. He attends the games. I think you told me during the World Cup, like, that the KC current would fit more of his coaching style or something like that. I'm not sure if they would. Honestly, the current, their roster makeup right now reminds me a lot of the U.S. women's national Maybe that's team. What it was. They, have a, they have a lot of attacking talent and they're a little sketchy on defense. He, he is a good defensive coach, so I think he would help sure up their defense, but their defense has been pretty good lately. And I think a lot of that is, you know, shout out to Elizabeth Ball and Gabby Robinson who really held it down in the middle of the park defensive midfielders have been playing better uh, that all makes a huge difference but yeah i don't know i don't think they're it's, the same it seems that it's a good setup well, his style okay so if you didn't want him as the coach which i think you're pro having him as a coach who would yeah. you want like do you think caroline deserves the the job I don't think so, really. I mean, Matt Potter got fired for far less than what she's done, right? She had 
just as many losses and some pretty brutal results at times, although she did have a really good Challenge Cup. I think I put an asterisk on that last week because of the whole, uh, you know, a lot of teams are missing their best players during the Challenge Cup. And admittedly, Dabinia wasn't there for the current, but they had a lot of other players healthy and, and handling things. And the current are in the easiest division. All the teams in the Central Division from the Challenge Cup are below the playoff line. So, or at least they were when I wrote my article midweek. I don't know about the new standings. I'm pro Vladko. I don't, I'm not going to pretend I know enough about women's soccer to, and coaching in general. It's kind of like if I wanted a new KC current or a sporting KC coach, if I wanted to get rid of Peter, who, who would that be? And I'd, I'd pick people I know like Benny, (laughs) you know, like I wouldn't know who to pick from around the world because I don't follow the game in other countries nearly as much. I do think that U S teams in general, college pro game, they don't play a very technical version of soccer. It's a lot of like defend and play the ball long and counter and use your speed and things like that. And there's, you know, it's effective. It has its place. But I've really liked, you know, Spain, the way they played in the World Cup, Japan, the way they played in the World Cup. They play really pretty soccer. And I could really get behind something like that. But I think Vladko makes sense. I'd pick Vladko. And I think um, he's friends with Matt Potter who used to be the coach. He's friends with Hugh Williams, who used to be the coach. Does Vladko want the job? Is he afraid he'll just get fired if he loses three games in a row or something like that? I don't know. I don't feel like they would fire him after three games personally. Because uh, he, but it I sounds mean, like he's going to be in high the... deba- demand. Like He's going right. to have some options. It's not like nobody's going to want him based off of how the women's team performed. I guess what it'll come down to as well is how does the rest of the season go? Because if Caroline puts them on a run and they make the playoffs and they make another run, do you have justification really to let her go? Maybe she just needed time to implement her system. I do think she wants them to play prettier soccer. They've been playing out of the back. Um, AD actually did a really good job of playing with her feet, which has been maybe her biggest weakness as a goalkeeper. There's several times this season she's passed directly to the other team and then they scored. Uh, She did it. At the very last second against the OL Reign, luckily nothing came of it, but she was fantastic with her feet for the entire rest of the game. So I think that they're they're building a style there. I think I think Blacko probably gets the job, but he's got a lot of leverage. You'd have to think uh, they're going to have to pay him. Could, yeah, I was going to say, could they even afford him? I mean, the, the Longs are billionaires. I think they can afford whatever they want to afford. I guess so. How do you become a billion yet? billionaire? Well, I hope they wrote a book. They... Maybe I should look and see if they wrote a book. I feel like all billionaires write a book. That's a good point. You should see if they've ever written a book. Yeah. And if not, maybe we I can get in their ear and see if they can write a book yeah. so that you can read it. <laughs> yeah, I can find um, out what they did. I, yeah, I think you know they have an investment <laughs> firm as their business, so um, that's part of it. Uh, you know, Sheena, you read that book that was like designed for children about learning the basics of investments I that did. you wanted our daughter to read. And, I did. I got to uh, buy it. Read. Oh, you're going to buy it now? Okay. Well, yeah. uh, y'all, if we if we run out of money completely, it's because Sheena started investing our money and didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> so I got all my tips I, from a children's book about investing. Yeah, admittedly, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. either. I just keep it, keep it safe and make sure I don't lose all our money. So that's my, my basic plan. True. Anyways. All right. So that's our Black Coat Talk. One more Casey Current subject here for the day. Uh, the Kansas City Current were fined 
$55,000, I guess nothing for a billionaire, for taking a charter flight back in July, the beginning of July, to a racing Louisville game. This was reported by Meg Linehan in The Athletic. Uh, it was leaked by a source inside of the NWSL, an anonymous source, and then it's since been confirmed the current gave a statement on it. Uh, so I'll give you a little background here. There is no formal uh, charter flight policy in the NWSL. It's not in their guidelines. It's not in their collective bargaining agreement with their players. Um, and there is apparently like a secret one, though, that they emailed the team saying like, hey, you can't be taking charter flights unless it's these specific circumstances. And one of them is like emergency need. So basically what the current statement said was, they were doing it for player health and safety, which it's hard to fight back against that. That seems like a reasonable thing. There are no direct flights between Kansas City and Louisville. It would have required the team to travel for an extra day. I saw a report online, and I heard someone else say it too, which they may have just read this online report, that the flights to get to Louisville would have gone through Salt Lake City. So they had a flight to Salt Lake City, have a layover. There may have been a hotel stay in Salt Lake too, and then go to Louisville. So go backwards before you go forwards to your destination. They, it was their third road game in a row. They said they were dealing with a lot of injuries, which, I mean, that's their entire season. Their injury report still looked atrocious for the game on Friday. And anyways, they got this $55,000 fine. To give you a little context around this and the league's fines, the, you might recall last year there was that big investigation by the NWSL and the NWSLPA into all the misconduct that was going on. And, you know, all, so many teams got fired, like their coaches got fired, people got fired, some people had to sell their teams. The Chicago Red Stars, by the way, are selling their team finally. Uh, the Portland Thorns are going to sell their team, all going back to all this like player misconduct, this sexual misbehavior, stuff like that. Two of the teams got fines of $50,000. So a lower fine for that, which I don't know what the, the misdeeds of those teams were. I'd assume it wasn't any of the really egregious stuff. And a smaller fine than taking one charter flight. The current also said that it was a negligible cost difference. I think it was within 10% more to take the chartered flight versus the non-chartered flight. And Sheena, I don't know if you if you have your head around charter flights, I will tell you my perception of a charter flight was definitely before I started watching and writing about soccer a lot. was like, oh, private jets. And you've got like uh, flight attendants taking care of you ever need hot towels and uh, warm meals and this and that and whatever. And it's really just like a commercial airliner, but you're the only people on it. So because I've seen a lot of pictures of sporting, they take private or chartered flights all the time and it just looks like a like a southwest or united plane or whatever that's just nobody else is on it but them so you know you you're still in the same bad leg room situation and etc you just aren't crowded next to a bunch of other people and you're not sitting in an airport with the general public like us um, waiting around to catch your flight so there's a lot of information what are your thoughts it seems excessive. It It's crazy that they got charged basically the same amount as the allegations or the from last year on all those scandals. It doesn't. Yeah, admittedly, it was teams that did less. It wasn't the teams that got the top fines. Those were just oh. some lower teams that got fines. I do want to give that context. I think some teams got some pretty wicked fines that were way above $50,000. Wicked. I was watching UFC Boston, so I'm picking up some Boston sayings oh, today. Poor Chris Weidman. 
Oh, spoiler alert, y'all. Um, oh. Okay, so if I you mean, were DVRing the Wyoming fight, and by the time you listen to this, who knows when it happened? It happened Saturday night. All right, so excessive. I agree. I think it's. Yeah. I think it looks terrible. Like the league looks so bad and so petty. And this article from Meg said that basically the final decision came down to the commissioner, and that she decided to do this. And I don't know. They just. They look so amateur so many times. The NWCL and the way they behave and the things they do and just like they're they're late getting their schedule out. It takes them forever to get this stuff together. Just another thing that makes them look bad. It. Uh, I'm wondering if wh- like what do they do with this fifty five thousand dollars Casey current pays? Like, what what does I get allocated to? Do you know or? I assume it goes into a bucket for snacks for the people at the league office. No, I, I have no clue. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it gets split amongst the other teams. I'm not sure. Um, I know that they see it as a competitive advantage, right, to be able to take these charter flights because, hey, if your your opposition is having to take commercial flights and you're taking a charter flight and you're cutting out all the waiting and the travel and the hotels and the layovers and the whatever, that, oh, but they didn't get to do that when they played you. I suppose, yeah, it's an advantage, right? But it's also like these are professionals. They're not paid like professionals all the time. The wages are not very high. Actually, that's a, a really good context point to add. I went and looked it up because I was thinking about it a lot. And the the minimum salary in the NWSL is somewhere around $36,000. So this money is enough to have paid a whole player for a year plus almost another player for a year. That's crazy, right? A minimum salary player. So you're talking like a probably a low draft pick bottom of the roster type person i wonder if they had the fine be so heavy so it sets like an example of like because to me i don't disagree with maybe there shouldn't be a fine for the reasons you said but like ten thousand dollars feels like a fine like a good like fair for what happened but why that wouldn't stop anyone if that's all the fine is like maybe it being outrageous. It just seems like a really hefty fine for something not that serious. Yeah, I agree. It, it's always funny because you hear about fines in like the NFL or the NBA where they're like, oh, they were fined $25,000. But then, you know, when they make millions of dollars, it doesn't like seem for like wearing anything. the wrong color shoe. I remember right, somebody did right, that. Yeah. And those those are usually smaller fines, but like fines for like illegal hits and the NFL might rise oh. to a higher number. And still like little little stuff, nonsense stuff. I think you can get some pretty hefty fines for apparel violations in the leagues, though. There's a lot of rules around that stuff. So, yeah, I think it looks bad. I think it uh, not a good look for the NWSL as usual. When I'm always hating on the poor NWSL. I want them to be successful. I've said it before. I want them to be the Premier League of women's soccer. I want them to be the place where all the women in the world are coming as I was, as I've been watching the world cup, which is actually a perfect transition because we'll talk world cup. Hey, as Chad, are we going to take a break at some point? Oh yeah. I always forget. I'll just, I'll sneak an ad in. Don't worry. All right. Okay. So <laughs> as I've been watching the world cup, players like Linda Caicedo or these like really, Oh God, I can't think of a Spanish striker's name. She's 19. She just started playing full-time only playing soccer a year ago how insane is that and she's scoring multiple goals at the world cup and she won the u20 world cup and she won the world cup but i was thinking about these players i'm like man it would be great if all these players were in the nwsl kind of like you see in the premier league and men's soccer right many of the best players not only the best players but many of the best players end up in the premier league versus at a few other top clubs in europe and these players are all kind of sprinkled around the top clubs in europe 
in women's soccer. But I, there's such an opportunity here, and this petty nonsense is holding them back from being able to do it. And, then, of course, there's a salary cap, which I'm pro-salary cap, but half the owners in the NWSL, I think, are billionaires now. So you're getting to the point where they have the ability to spend more money. They need to keep raising the amount of money they spend, bring in these players, go get your young superstars, make the eyes of the world want to watch the NWSL. Sheena's nodding in agreement. All right, let's talk World Cup. Spain won world no- world one nothing over England in the World Cup final. They are the fifth ever country to win the Women's World Cup. Uh, fun fact, Sheena, this is the first World Cup that did not feature World Cup final that did not feature the United States or Germany playing in it. It's always been at least one of those teams playing in the final. So. Sheena, you slept through the World Cup final, I believe. I mean, to be fair, it was on at four in the morning. And did you <laughs> did you have any thoughts about the World Cup? Well, you watched it later or like earlier before we did the podcast, started the podcast. Yeah, I didn't wake and, up at four a.m. That is true. Yeah, and my intention, like, I went downstairs to our basement to watch it with you, but then our little. Dachshund Duke curled up next to me and you were blaring a fan because it's hot. I had a headache and I fell asleep and I woke up at the end when they were starting to give the awards. I slept through the entire game. I was so exhausted from the heat. So really my only commentary is on the awards ceremony. Okay. Okay. Let's start there then. So the whole time we're watching the award ceremony, we're trying to figure out who are these different people that are on the dais or whatever you would call it that are up there on the stage. And, you know, like I was like, oh, Sheena, this is the Queen of England or Queen of England. <laughs> There's no Queen of England. The R. Queen R. of Spain. Yeah. Um, I guess is now let's not get into British royal politics right now. So <laughs> the Spanish <laughs> queen was up there. Her husband, the king, was not there. Uh, and then her daughter, who I didn't realize was only 16, looked like an adult. It was weird. But then there was a yeah. guy next to them. And we're like, who is this guy? Is this like her boyfriend? Who is this guy? Because he's kissing all the players and he kissed and the like coach picking too. Them up. A, yeah, lifting them up and hugging them and kissing them. And then at some point I was like, it's probably the president of their federation. And we looked it up and sure enough, he's like a 33 year old guy. He's the president of the Spanish soccer federation. And I guess he got in trouble because he kissed, uh, well, I can't even think of her name. Uh, Jenny Her- Her- Hermosa. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, yeah, I think that Hermosa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, was... all the other ones were on the cheek, but that one he went he went all in. I guess he got excited. I don't know. In all fairness, I I love like scandalous stuff, and so I immediately once I heard about that started like googling it. And she said, it, "Well, I saw conflicting things, but basically it was just something they both, you know, the excitement of the moment." And I don't know personally in the most exciting moment of my life if i would just kiss a random guy on the lips but well i hope not that would be <laughs> not good for me since i'm your spouse <laughs> yeah be a unless you kiss me if you kiss yeah. me it's fine but if you kiss a random man that would like be like a random uh, federation head of a federation <laughs> that said if you played soccer and you were on the u.s women's national team or maybe any other country that your parents or grandparents might be able to give you uh, citizenship for to be able to play on their in their team and you won the world cup maybe i'd be okay with it. it'd be pretty awesome if you won the world cup <laughs> i think the only comparable thing would be if i won the lotto or something or the powerball and the guy handed me the check like handed it to me and i was so excited like 
that would be okay because I would be million, like a million <laughs> like a, billionaire. Like you're trying to, you're gonna try to get permit. Like who am I randomly allowed to kiss, Chad? It'll be okay. Um, that said, uh, much like soccer, you don't play the lotto, so I don't think you're gonna it's win the true. lotto either. <laughs> Although you, you I need to get on that. To play the lotto. Yeah, yeah, you should get on that. I, I, I I'd probably accept that if we were suddenly millionaires or billionaires <laughs> or something. Probably millionaires, all the taxes they take so much money out. So. Yeah. All right. But, Let's talk about the actual yeah, game, the World Cup yeah. itself. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on it. You probably watched it. If you're a soccer fan, you're watching this World Cup. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I really loved the way Spain played. And going into the game, I probably should have been rooting for England because, you know, I did one of those 23 and Me's one time, and I definitely have some English heritage. I mean, look how pasty pale I am. It just makes sense. But I just really like the way that Spain plays. And I, I kind of wanted them to win, especially when last week's episode, I said, I want it to either be Sweden so that the U.S. can say they were beat by the champions or Australia so that the hosts can win. And, you know, that'd be kind of cool for them. But then uh, both those teams got eliminated. Uh, so shout out to Sweden, who did end up getting third place. But I thought Spain played beautifully. I thought they deserved to win. Their left back scored their game winning goal, both in this game and in the semifinals game. Shout out to Olga. She, she was looking great out there, doing a great job, playing some beautiful soccer. Oh, Spain just plays such attractive soccer. That's why I want the U.S. to play a similar style of soccer. I don't know if they have the ability to do it. I mean, they're not raised in a system where they're learning these technical skills at the young age that I imagine some of these Spanish players are and Japanese players and so on and so forth. I don't think a coach can maybe make that transition that fast. We'll see how it plays out. There's a lot of people I don't want to be the U.S. coach, but I don't know who I want to be the U.S. coach. Yeah, me included. I don't want me to be it, Gina. Just to be clear. Really, you think you're just like be the a current? Contender. I don't think I deserve the current <laughs> job. I don't think I deserve the U.S. Women's National Team job. None Probably not even uh, your daughter's club soccer team job. I mean, I could maybe be an assistant. I could maybe help out, wrangle, <laughs> do some kid wrangling. That's probably the job I'm most likely to acquire: an unpaid. Uh, <laughs> volunteer assistant to a, a person that actually knows what they're doing, and I'm just, you know, kid wrangling. Okay, I'm glad we established that. All right, well, so I'll I'll reach out and try to get that worked out so I can join in on practice tomorrow. Okay, so World Cup. She didn't watch it. She watched a lot of it. I mean, we traveled to it, so you get credit for that, Sheena. Let's talk yeah, about oh. a game that you watched. Oh, do you have something else? I was going to just say earlier we were talking about the Olympics and I don't know if you realize the Olympics are in France next year. So, I mean, we just you traveled to the You don't get to take World any more Cup. international vacations until oh. 2026, I told you, right? Or maybe 2027. I keep moving it back. I can't remember. I don't think we're going to France. That sounds pretty expensive. Well, 2028 it's in Los Angeles, so Well, well we could probably go to that. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll there take that. There we go. That. We worked it out. We'll take the next trip we're taking, 2028, Los Angeles. No, no vacations no, in between we're now and then. other vacations between now and then, just not for the I Olympics. Say, I just said it as a joke because I knew it would get you fired up. All right. Huh. Let's talk about a soccer game that Sheena did watch like two minutes of. The League's <laughs> Cup final happened this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, Inter Miami. Uh, the League's yes. Cup was amazing was amazing uh messi didn't hurt he brought so many eyeballs and attention i got how grateful for Lionel messi are you if you're don garber the commissioner of mls or even liga emeki is like so much attention brought to this region of the world around our football or soccer whatever you want to say uh, so anyways miami they did 
what was inevitable, I guess. They won the whole dang thing. It was it was a great game. It was very interesting, very engaging to watch. Uh, it was a 1-1 tie that ended up going to penalty kicks. Messi scored again. Uh, he scored in every single League's Cup game, seven games, seven goal, like, well, nine, ten goals, something like that. He scored at least seven times, at least seven times, all seven games. So that's pretty amazing. And his goal is ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. He is surrounded by Nashville players. Walker Zimmerman gets a touch on the ball right before he strikes it, and he still controls it and puts it into the upper 90, the backup keeper had no chance but sheena you woke up with two minutes to go in the game i think and then you watched the what was uh stoppage time there is no extra time in the league's cup although gosh there should be extra time in the final at least i feel like because i think nashville wins that if it's in the run of play and i was pulling for nashville you know mike jacobs former sporting man is over there running that organization and uh sheena though thoughts you watched uh, a good two plus minutes of soccer plus a nervy pk shootout so I wasn't asleep. I was taking care of our foster dog and combing fleas off of her. I like how you have to defend yourself. Like, guys, I'm not always just taking naps. Sometimes <laughs> it does I'm doing seem like I things. sleep a lot. I swear I'm not well, the heat. depressed. It, it's the heat. It's that heat. <laughs> it's Anyways. the heat. And in New Zealand, it was the time and doing activities. But anyway, so. <laughs> I was giving the foster dog a break from all the combing and washing. And I could hear while I was combing Chad getting mad because somebody on inner Miami kept not getting a yellow and he was very livid. So I could kind of hear the game from the bathroom because it's right next to where the TV is at. But yeah, so I came out. I didn't even realize the game was almost over. I just was taking a break watch the last two minutes. And then I don't even think you covered the fact that somebody from inner Miami could have scored in like the final seconds and he missed, which was crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was a wild. Campania. He, he had that breakaway. I thought he was for sure offside, but he definitely wasn't yeah. on replay. And he flicks it over the keeper and then he flicks it wide. He tries to get to it. He kicks it off the post. It was like Nashville fans had to have their hearts in their throat right there. Cause it was an yeah. empty net. Well, and, and just like the moment before that, didn't Nashville have the opportunity to score and then they missed and then that's what led to that. So yep. it was, you know, I feel like I came in at the best part of the game for the last two minutes and then it went to PKs and I felt bad for the Nashville goalie because Chad had told me he's the third string goalie and he just didn't seem very confident. He always showed which way he was going. So, of course, Miami went the opposite way of where that guy was leaning. And I, I Oh, my gosh, have... his leaning. Like, if, if he had just stood in the middle of the net, I think he yeah. probably saves a couple of those. Like, the literally, I think there was one or two that was kicked down the middle. But then just he would give away which direction he was going every single time. I'm not sure if he's a third string or the backup, but he's definitely not the starter. Joe Willis is their starting keeper. So I was yeah. just like this third string guy because I didn't know who he was. So. I felt bad for him because you could tell he was not comfortable with it. And that's a lot of pressure for, you know, to win the whole leaks cup or whatever it's called. So, yeah, so it was an intense time. I just was like, man, you know, this is going to be set up for inner Miami to win. And so for that reason, I wanted Nashville to win even more. Plus Nashville is a cool city. I don't feel like I have any thoughts on Miami. I'm just not a fan of Florida in general. Even Miami's a pretty awesome city. We've just never been there. Yeah, I think it has a lot of um, 
a lot of culture there. So if I was going to go to Florida, Miami would be the area I'd go. And Fort Lauderdale. I hear Lauderdale. the traffic is a nightmare, though. So I know I've you heard hate that, that traffic. Too. I do hate traffic, so maybe I won't go. But Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the Everglades, so there's that. But anyways. This, this episode should just be titled, What Vacation Is She Going to Take Next? Because that's <laughs> all she could think about. Anyways, anyways, it's continue. True. It's true. I have wanderlust. But yeah, so the PKs was very stressful to watch, mostly because I wouldn't have cared except I didn't want Messi to come in and be the hero of the league because all that means is now I get to hear about more Messi and I know people love him, but I was telling Chad, or did I say this on the podcast last week that I feel like this is like the Barbie movie and I was really excited and I'm burnt out and I'm, yeah, I'm still burnt out on Messi. So if anyone was wondering, cause I do feel like we occasionally get questions like once a week, if I'm, into messy now or if i'm still burned somebody out. always asks you on twitter to ask yeah. about it at for the glory case if you all want to ask Sheena more messy questions so um i'll give you a few little add-ons here for this game the the pk shootout went 11 rounds of course the goalkeeper the <laughs> poor kid he ends up missing the the win game winning pk i never thought it would go that long drake calendar is a really good goalkeeper for miami and i thought he'd for sure save more than he only saved two. He saved one, and then the, the he saved the one against the keeper. And he was, was also kind of cocky. To, he was kind of yeah, cocky. You know, goalkeepers have to have some confidence, right? You have I to guess. have this belief in yourself. We've talked about this before, right? We're like fighters. They have this. I'm going to crush this other guy. My skill set's so much better than him. I think you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe, like, are you going to be successful? And he still let nine PKs into the net. So, you know, it's not like he was knocking them out of the park. Um, I thought it was going to be over much earlier. And then the fifth kick for Miami got saved. So that was pretty big. Uh, A few other things that jumped out, though. These two teams came into the league together in 2020. That's kind of a fun fact. They were both expansion teams in 2020. This was Messi's seventh time in his career that he scored in seven straight games. His longest streak, by the way, is 10 games. A lot of people on Twitter were given MLS grief saying MLS is a garbage league and this is why he scored in all these games and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Well, he did those other streaks in uh, some pretty good leagues. La Liga, um, maybe Ligue 1, have you heard of them? France, Spain, some pretty gigantic leagues. So it's just because he's messy. He's freaking amazing at soccer. But this is also his 44th ever trophy, the most all-time. He's going to have a chance to earn two more trophies, Sheena. This is going to make you really happy. Miami are still in last place in MLS because these were all Leagues Cup games. These did not count for anything else. So they got to dig out of the basement. I think they have like 12 games to go, something like that. And Sporting have only nine. Oh, boy. Sporting KC. Also... He's in the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup. So they're going to play FC Cincinnati. And if they win, they'll go on and play in the finals of that competition. Cincinnati, you're our only hope because the other side of the bracket is a lot weaker. I need Cincinnati to eliminate Messi and eliminate Miami from that competition. But if they make the playoffs, then he could try to win MLS Cup too. Oh, how crazy would it be? She is just rolling her eyes so hard. Three of those, that's ridiculous. I just feel like it's set up for him to win it all, win everything he can win because it's good press. 
I don't know. I don't think it's set up. That that implies conspiracy. So you mentioned how I was yelling about the referee. I thought Ismail Alpha, the ref from the Miami-Nashville game, did a good job overall. But there were a few instances late on in a game where he did not seem to want to give cards to uh, something Gomez uh, on Miami. He had subbed in. He had like three or four fouls. He kicked a ball away on a restart, or he got in the way, and the ball got kicked off of him, I should say. He should have been on a yellow. And then he could have stopped doing that nonsense, because when you're on a yellow, you can't. You can't risk it, right? You'll get sent off. That would have been interesting, though, because if that happened, I think Miami would have less PK takers because they'd only have 10, so they'd get to come back to Messi sooner. That would have been interesting, right? Mm. But it didn't happen. So I don't want to seem like I'm always a ref hater. I thought he did fine outside of a few instances late in the game. But the, like when Messi's gotten free kicks that have led to his goals earlier in this competition, they've been legit. They were fouls. I don't know what those other teams were thinking. When, If you really think back to this whole tournament, Nashville played them really well. Nashville probably deserved a win. They just coun't find the back of the net again. And Miami just scored a ridiculous, Messi scored a ridiculous goal to, to get them their one goal. They almost got eliminated in the very, well, it wouldn't have eliminated them necessarily. It might have. Uh, against Cruz Azul, they almost lost their very first game. There was probably like five or six chances for Cruz Azul to score, and they just screwed it up. And then in elimination play, Dallas, it was a 4-4 to game, and Messi scored a free kick really late to, to push it to penalties and to win that one. So it's not like they're running these teams over. They beat some teams badly, but it's going to catch up with them. This is a lot of games really close together. They're probably going to start picking up some injuries. They've been playing the same lineup a lot. We'll see. I, I He might win the U.S. Open Cup. He's not, not going to win MLS Cup. That's I'm making that prediction right now, Sheena. No MLS Cup for Messi. What do you think? Is he going to make it? I'm here in last. It would be ridiculous because they've been in last like a good chunk of the season. And I get they're, get, they're getting better because they they got Messi and some other big-time people but it just would be unfair. Uh, there's, there's where sh- that's why we call Sheena casual, everybody. If you're wondering, <laughs> some other big time people. Are you talking about Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets? I could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know their names for sure. I'm just kidding. I now that you've said them, I know that. I know those are the people, but I yeah. don't know. I'm well, sick of talking about Messi. Yeah, let's move on. They're 14 points out of uh, the last playoff spot, so it's not like Sporting. Sporting are three points out. They're 14 points out. They have got to. They got to basically win everything to make it. So I feel confident they're not going to win MLS Cup. Uh, y'all feel free to pull this audio and send it back to us if it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> so we got a couple mailbag questions that we did not answer earlier. I want to transition over to those. Um, actually, I think, yeah, there's just like four of them here. So Splunkato from Instagram, <laughs> what a fun name, said, thoughts about the cancellation of the Challenge Cup after this year? Sheena, I don't know if you heard about this. The NWSL Challenge Cup, which is still going on, the Casey Kerner in the semifinals, has a million dollar prize for the competition it's something like thirteen thousand dollars a player in extra wages that they can get from this is not coming back next year at least not in the same form they said they cited scheduling complications they're just going to play the winner of the like the best record in the league against the mls cup or sorry that doesn't make sense the nwsl cup champions so they'll play like a one-off game at the beginning of the season they do this a lot in europe like in the Premier League, the Premier League champion plays the winner of the FA Cup, and they go against each other. If it's not the same team, sometimes it's the same team, and then it's another team gets placed in there, like the second best team or the team that got got to the semifinals or whatever. But um, 
What do you think? That's going away. That's going to take away six games. They're going to add four more because there's two expansion teams. So they're still going to have almost the same amount of games, but a lot of money is off the table. What do you think? Yeah, that's a bummer about the money factor, especially knowing that some of these players don't make very much. So that is probably discouraging for a lot of these players who, not that you can really rely on that money, but you know, it's a fun little bonus if you do win. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's not nothing. Like 13 yeah. grand in a lot of sports wouldn't be much of anything for most professional athletes, but. You know, women's soccer in the U.S. is still growing. They're still being conservative in how they grow wages. They've grown a lot in the last few years. I crapped on the NWSL earlier in this podcast, but they've done a lot. I think they got to find a way to get that million dollars into the the salary budget. Raise probably, frankly, they need to raise the budget more than that overall. But let's get some money into these ladies' pockets because if you're a minimum salary player, that's a third of your wages that you can win in extra money. Like that's. That's yeah. not nothing. Man, I'd take 13 grand. I that's would for sure. too. That's what I was saying. 13 grand, I could go to France for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Where is Sheena going on vacation? All right. Next yeah, question. Take a from, shot. <laughs> uh, Aiden Ramsey 5. Gosh, if they had to take shots for all the weird themes that we carry through all these episodes, uh, we, we'd kill our audience. Um, Aiden mm. Ramsey 5. Do you think Afrifa will ever play now that Willie is back and sporting half Polito? Of course, we still don't officially know if Polito has re-signed, by the way. But what do you think, Sheena? Uh, is Afrifa going to get in any games? I don't feel like it because even when Agata was out, he was still barely in. They would have Shelton play um, if Polito needed to come out. So I don't feel good about it. And that's a bummer. It also bums me out because it doesn't seem like he's really playing much on SKC2 either. Or at least yeah, the I games that, I've been watching. I found that to be a little odd because their striker, Pal Vidal, is hurt. So you'd think, oh, this is a perfect game for a FIFA, even if he just comes off the bench. Because he didn't play in either of the last two games that, well, I watched, went to or watched. We were overseas for some of those other ones. But um, he hasn't played as much as I would have liked for the twos. But I think that's really the only place he's getting on the field this year. If Agata and Polito are healthy, it's those two all the way. I do not see Steven Afrifa getting a single minute. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's he can't make the bench now that Willie's back. You know, like you only have so many bench slots. Like, what is it, nine bench slots, something like that? So that's a lot of bench slots, you'd think. But this is a pretty deep team. They have all 30 roster spots full. So it's not too hard to fill out a 20-man game day roster, even when they're a little dinged up. Yeah, that's a all bummer. Right. I like him. Yeah, I think uh, if he can go and prove himself in the MLS Next Pro, I think that would help. So if he can go do some stuff for SKC2, I'm I'm all for it. But probably not going to see him. We'll see how it plays out in the future. He needs to light it up down there. The problem is, even though our striker for SKC2, Vidal, is hurt, uh, Elenis Vargas played striker the last two games. He scored four goals in two games. So uh, don't really... Frifa's going to have to hustle to take that spot away because Vargas is looking quite good. But I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him at least getting some minutes somewhere. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. Let's switch to Twitter. Uh, Bill Wickham at Wickmister. That's fun. <laughs> said, anyone else having sporting withdrawals? Feels like forever since they played. It will have been 22 days, Bill. Sheena, are you having withdrawals? I am a little bit. It, it has felt like a hot minute since I've seen them play. So I am excited that they'll be back in action next weekend. 
I may or may not go to the game since you're going to be there and your brother's going to be in town and it's my birthday weekend. So it feels like I should go. I don't know. Happy. I'm going to say 29th birthday. (laughs) That seems right. Doesn't that seem right? I'm definitely not 29. That <laughs> that's what I. I'm we just 29, 29 with an 11 year old. I don't know. That happens. That happens. Don't no judgment. That's true. If anybody no, had a no kid judgment. <laughs> no, I didn't do the math in my head. I'm also real bad at math, y'all. So well, that's true. That's in true. my I've head. That was it. like 15 or something. I don't know. <laughs> I believe you. I definitely believe you. Um, I, I feel like it'd almost be weird if I said I wasn't having some sporting withdrawal because I am kind of addicted to sporting and I have a podcast that mostly focuses on sporting. This has been an interesting podcast, not doing any sporting KC stuff, really, just a little one-offs. But I have missed it a ton. Is that weird? It's like I almost kind of needed the mental break from sporting. So I've had so much other soccer. League's Cup's been going even once sporting was out. You know, it's a couple of weeks of that. The Women's World Cup. The, you know, the European soccer is mostly starting back up. I admittedly haven't watched much more than highlights of that stuff, but it's okay. It's been nice. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I love cliches, so there's a cliche for y'all. A couple more questions here. Shana. Oh, one more question. I lied because we already did one of these. Last one here is from Ronnie Bishop at Ronnie Bishop 13 on Twitter. He says he's getting ready to watch a real club, St. Louis SC. Ooh, Ronnie. And announcer just said, you never want to be late with player changes. <laughs> you always want to be a year early. How many years late is SKC on player changes, really? Ooh, Ronnie throwing some shade. A real <laughs> club that's existed for less than a year. What do you think? How, how late are sporting on uh, some of this roster turnover? They have, I think, the second oldest roster in the league. Yeah, Behind I don't Nashville, know. by the way, who are really good. I mean, thanks, Ronnie, for listening when it sounds like you're a St. Louis fan. So that's awesome. I'll take your hate listens, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they definitely need to, like, I love Zussi. I love Espinoza. I mean, they both have been playing fine. I mean, Zussi has been in- injured. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's time. Fontas, I wouldn't be sad to see him go. Um, Milia, I think his time has come in. He's been yeah, out I- the last few seasons for a good chunk of the season, so... You know, him and Zussi have missed quite a bit the last two years. Yeah. So I, I definitely think on some of those, it's pretty obvious. We've we've hit the the old player thing quite a bit around here. And we'll definitely have some off-season podcasts. We're not going to disappear when the season ends. So we'll have to talk about how we would rebuild this roster, what moves we would make, what what things we would move on from. But um, thanks but I guess for your hate it, listens, Ronnie. Well, <laughs> I guess, Mike, I guess we didn't give a year. We just named players who are old. So I'll say... Four, I don't know. How many years late? Four years late. This feels like a made-up answer. I think it's it's player dependent, right? Like some players. Like I think Espinoza has been really good this year. I've loved him off the bench. If guys want to play for the league minimum, he's playing for eighty-five k. True. I'll take hit. I'll take Espinoza as my fifth or sixth midfielder for eighty-five thousand dollars. And I don't know if I would take. Graham, at 85000 I would take Graham. He's making like three hundred k, if I'm remembering right off the top of my head, which is not worth it right now because he's not playing consistently. Yeah. And you got Jake Davis. you got Caden Pierre. I think you have some right backs of the future right there, if not right backs of the present. So, uh, you know, but last year, Zussi was pretty good or two years ago. Yeah. I can't remember. But as a whole, they need to invest in the youth, and I'm all for it. But I'm not going to give a specific year. not going to do it. That's okay. it, Gene. Let me tell you a fun story because this podcast has gone way longer than I thought we'd go. <laughs> I thought we would, with no sporting, I was like, oh, we're going to just – this will be in and out in 30 minutes. I yeah, know we're we are talkers. As you know we, we are. are. 
We are talkers. Yeah. So uh, when I was at the KC Current game, I rode up in the elevator with one Mr. Graham Zussi. It was his 37th oh, birthday. Yes, it was. So we got to ride in the elevator. Well, we got to. I'm sure he didn't feel like it was, oh, I get to ride with Chad. <laughs> Probably didn't have the same effect on him. I tried to play cool. I tried to be very calm, as I am. I've ridden in the elevator. I think I met Benny and his wife and his kids one day in the elevator. Like, I have talked to Benny a bunch of times and met him at soccer stuff, but, like, got to see him outside of a uh, well still soccer situation i guess but i've interviewed him while i was the skct coach a few times but um <laughs> i've ridden with matt beasler and fontas and a few guys in the elevator so uh it was fun going up with graham and did you talk I to will, him you I wish, didn't tell i wished me him this. a happy birthday oh yeah i know i can't believe i didn't tell you i, I wished know. him a happy birthday because i had uh heard it was his birthday he's 37 now roger said he's now officially the oldest person on the team which i, I don't know if roger knows how time works he's older even if he hasn't turned 37 yet <laughs> if his birthday is before your birthday roger just throwing that out there i'm sure you're listening but um yeah and i couldn't stop myself from being a little bit of a reporter so if you have listened for all this hour plus that we are into this podcast there's a little <laughs> exclusive for y'all i asked how's training going is he back in full training again he's like no not quite full training he said i hope to be back in about a week or so so there you go a little exclusive for For the Glory KC listeners. And Sheena's super jealous that she didn't get to ride in the elevator. Sheena, if you wanted to be media, maybe play in a media game for the KC Current on September 1st, I bet this podcast counts as media. We could get you in there. I'm good. I don't want to meet Zussi that badly. I feel like you would fangirl a little bit and you'd get really <laughs> awkward and quiet and not I know would. what to do or say. Yeah, yeah I, I would. Know who you are. Uh, one other question about that. Did Graham Zussi know who you were? Did he recognize you? I don't know if he did or didn't. He was very respectful. I mean, he sees me in the locker room all the time, but yeah. like, I don't know if I'm just like another nameless face of people that are in there, but there's only like a few of us that are consistently there all the time. It's basically like myself, Thad and Daniel Sperry that are essentially always there i missed some games because of the well, the world cup i feel like i had a legit reason i was out of, out of the country but uh mostly i'm there uh jimmy mac he's a pretty regular another kc soccer journal guy but uh everybody else is a little spotty right it's a little hit or miss as to who shows up from week to week there's a lot of guys that are there but they don't always go into the locker room and and uh yeah i don't know it's kind of uh yeah i think i'd like to think he knew who i was okay cool all right. All right. Let's go to the digital crawl, y'all. We got to we got to end this podcast. Eventually. I know. I'm hungry. Holy crap. My goodness. So we mentioned it loosely, but I'll give you a result. Sporting KC to one, one to nothing over Minnesota United FC two. That Alenis Vargas goal was the difference in the match. A little other Sporting KC news. Sheena, I don't know if you heard this. The Sporting KC U19, so their academy team, used to play in MLS Next Pro. With all their other academy teams, the U19s only are going to the UPSL. If you're like, hmm, those letters sound vaguely familiar. Do you remember the Tulsa Athletic, who Sporting played oh, in yeah. the U.S. Open Cup? Yeah. yeah. So it's the same league as them. So it's the unofficial fourth tier of U.S. soccer. So I think this is actually a step up in competition. You're playing men. You're playing adults that are kind of playing for their, their livelihood versus playing other kids, the other U19 teams. Uh, several 
MLS teams have joined. Sporting specifically are going into the Oklahoma slash Arkansas Premier Division. Uh, the Sporting KC website described it as one of the best divisions. I don't know if that's just hyperbole, but there are 400 teams across the UPSL all over the country, and they're kind of divided up regionally. So not going to run into a lot of these other MLS U19 teams if they happen to be grouped with any of them. But I think this is a good step in the right direction. It's better for young players to play men frankly like instead of boys like i don't mean that to be insulting because you know these 18 19 year old kids are in incredible shape and they're they're coming in they're physically maturing but there's something about playing for against somebody that's playing for their life the last one sheena i think you had this one so i'm going to throw it to you on the crawl something about gambling i know you're a big gambler oh yeah as we just learned earlier when i said i don't ever play the powerball or the lotto but there was a website, gambling.com, and they came up with a list of the best value MLS game day experiences. So I guess I would have had you guess, but I put this on here. So you've seen it. Way but, to spoil it. Jeez. Yeah. So they looked at different things. They looked at the average cost of a ticket, the cost of um, eating and drinking there, the cost of parking, and then the total cost of going to an MLS game day um, experience. So the number one best value team was Houston Dynamo. So on average, you can go to one of their games for $45. I'm assuming that's per person. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, the ticket it has is to only be. Shook. It says an average ticket to a Dynamo game is only 13 bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's so hot and humid there. I don't know. But yeah, it's lowly attended, as you can see every time you watch them on TV. Yeah, that's true. Sporting Kansas City, they come in at number three as the best value MLS day game day experience. So a total cost to attend a SKC game is $50. I was surprised a lot of these stadiums charge parking. So I guess we don't. I don't think I realized we didn't charge for parking. Yeah, this is only showing the top 10 and the bottom 10, so we're missing yeah. the middle nine teams. But um, of those teams that are listed, only the Colorado Rapids and Sporting KC don't charge for parking. So yeah. way to go, I hope Sporting. that sticks, I, yeah. Yeah, please don't start charging us for parking. Uh, to, to circle back, that's why the Phoenix Rising game was a disaster, because they were charging for parking. It was like two people taking your money for thousands of people trying to get into a uh, parking lot so uh, yeah don't charge for parking come on i mean they charge for premier parking but you can park for free so i think that's kind of where they're going with this is you don't have to pay for parking yeah these venues that's true um nashville so nashville is a hot team they were number four but then we'll go into the most expensive mls game day experiences and obviously i think this was done maybe before messy or like i don't know the messy factor was taken into consideration but they are the most expensive inner miami at basically three hundred dollars because parking on average is $118, which is wild. Isn't that and insane? Then, and it's in Fort yeah. Lauderdale. It's not even in Miami. Like, what is yeah. parking going to be when they move it to freaking Miami when they build their stadium? Well, if they ever build it. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, LAFC, which we've been there a couple times. I do remember the parking being kind of expensive there, like 50 bucks, uh, but they say 65 And then. I swear uh, we parked for like $20. Am I making that up in my head? Uh, no, I think it maybe the maybe the first season we went and then the second That's season true. it jumped up. So but 
St. Louis City SC, they came in at number nine as the most expensive game day experience at $132. So I found that interesting. I love stats. So any yeah. anything you want to add to it, Chad? I think it's interesting because they list like a pretty high average food cost. If you look across all the teams, though, the food costs are anywhere between about 15 and 35 or $25, rather. Um, so it, it was kind of weird to see food be so high. And it's I don't know if it's just because I'm cheap, but I like almost try to never buy stadium food. Like the only person I buy food for is my kid just to get her to be quiet. And I wouldn't spend it says uh, the average for sporting is $21 for food. I'm definitely not spending $21 per person on food at a game. So you can get in for much less. The average ticket price, it said, was 29 bucks. I think that's what a cauldron and south stand seat cost, like right off the top. But then if you want to sit somewhere else, obviously it's going to go up. So they must be factoring in like resale prices being lower because um, notice all the teams at the top of this list besides Nashville are bad. Yeah. That's true. I also feel like, yeah, I also feel like, are they doing an average of all the different like places you can eat at in a stadium? Because if you think about it, we have some really like local places. I think BRGR is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, But, or is it called burger? I know I call it BRGR, but it could just be burger. Is it still in the stadium? I can't even picture if it's there. Oh, maybe it's not. I think American Royal might be. Yeah, American Royal's there. Okay. Yeah, there's a few local things. Yeah, this is. Yeah, so we'll look at our expertise here on stadium food, which we don't <laughs> buy. Shows, it, so there you go. Yeah, that's why we it shows know. how much we don't buy it. But maybe that stuff is more expensive, and so it's the average because we're always buying like the popcorn and the cotton candy, like the nachos, which are always stale, and the pretzels that are always hard. Oh, those pretzels are terrible. Go to QT and order some pretzels for us because uh, they're way better than the sporting pretzels. Yeah, Get- the the game day snacks are never good. The popcorn's usually stale too. Yeah, don't buy that stuff in the members club. It's always uh, it's always gross. But our kid wants it every time, and I just suck it up and pay for it to keep her quiet. <laughs> what a good parent! What a good parent! All yep, right, y'all. Parent of the year. Let- Let's tell you about the schedule. Somehow this might be the longest podcast we've ever done. Holy crap. Uh, So this week, we have got all three teams back in action. Sporting KC2 are at Austin FC2, 8 p.m. on Friday. Then we have Sporting KC, I don't know why I said Friday, all weird like that, (laughs) hosting the San Jose Earthquakes at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday. And then, I hate this, the KC Current are at the Houston Dash, also 7.30 Saturday. So they play at the exact same time. Which means if I go to the sporting game, which I'm going to go, then I cannot watch the Casey current game until after midnight. And I have to avoid spoilers, which is very tough to do when you're sitting next to a bunch of media people that are probably going to be watching the game on their laptop. So I just want to I want to focus on both games and give them my my due attention. I'm sure that's not going to work out in my favor. So. If you've made it this far, well, you know, this may be a record. We're out of hand. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll think about our lives and what we're doing with our time and your time. Thanks for hanging out. Um, subscribe to the <laughs> podcast. Tell all your friends. We need you all to react and interact and be with us. I'd like to do a full mailbag episode where I don't think of the topics. Maybe this will be a good postseason one. And you all just tell us what you want us to talk about. You can tell us what you want us to talk about at for the glory kc on instagram threads facebook twitter or if you have a longer thing that don't fit in those mediums you can go for the glory kc at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at play for 90 and here's christian leo to play us out with write it like you mean it take care everybody bye